Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Alright guys, so this should be fun, actually. This is the first time we're going to do the Geek Sheets in 2019. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. And it was a super Geek Sheets, too. Not just any Geek Sheets. We had, like, what, five articles? Six articles? Look something out. like that? Look out. Super yeah. Super prepared. It comes with his own effects, too. Damn. It's impressive. Just impressive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look at you tying things back to the beginning of our conversation. Every, every now and again, I feel as if my existence is justified. But you guys make it easy, though, you know? In fact, I wish, um, you know, I, I have so much fun doing this. I wish that, because uh, sometimes I, I fall kind of flat on my own show. I think it's because I'm trying to do too much. You also, you have the um, the structured thing going on where it is one hour and that is it like you cannot go past it so you've got to hit your marks every single time and if you don't uh that's too bad because the you know uh, pushy lady that's about to show after you is like already like pointing at like tapping on the window to try to get you out so yeah we have the luxury of not having a time frame we can do this as long or as little as we like so yeah kind of a different i'm kind animal, of salty sure. about that whole they didn't even tell me uh, that somebody was on before me and I remember that first day and it was kind of messed up for her because I was checking the schedule and there was nothing on the schedule and nobody had said anything to me and uh, I kind of reamed out the um you know the the guy the station guy uh, there at WERA I was like you know would have been nice if you'd have told me there was a show on after me <laughs> he never responded <laughs> of course he didn't of course he didn't all right, guys. Uh, so let's go ahead. We're going to hit the theme music. Uh, we got some awesome new theme music for 2019 uh, for um, GGR Pirate Radio. So let's go ahead and kick this party off right now. It is GGR Pirate Radio with 2019's first installment of The Geek Sheets. We are starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Broadcast starting. Good job. <laughs> You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Do it! Do it! Come on! Kill me! I'm here! Come on! Do it now! Kill me! And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. So it's $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? If you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. No, it's too complicated. It's like algebra. Why you gotta put numbers and letters together? Why can't you just go fuck yourself? This is called Pirate Radio. But Peter, why would they make you president? Well, maybe it's because I can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? This is called Pirate Radio. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, action news. Ba-bum, 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 
And now, your host, Mike Lunsford. <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is The Great Geek Refuge. It is our podcast. We call it GGR Pirate Radio. Uh, in fact, tonight we're doing a little simulcast here. It's going to be GGR Pirate Radio, but we're also going to be on the Geek Sheets uh, which has its own podcast stream. Hey, where can you find all of this lovely stuff? Well, that's easy. It's right there at greatgeekrefuge.com. We've got articles, we've got podcasts, all the things that all of you geeky, nerdy folks love to read and consume at your various disposal. Tonight, joining us for the Geek Sheets, we have well, the, the creator of the Geek Sheets and the co-founder of GGR. His name is Steve Monick. That's right, Michael, and I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> wow. He even turned on the voice. You guys are you guys are in for a treat tonight. Um, we've also got, we've got joining us uh, another GGR contributor and host of his own show, The Overflow. His name is MC Brooks. And I'm gonna follow that, but I will try anyway. <laughs> and joining us, all of all, all of our, our our panelists this evening are joining us via the means of Skype, the magical mysteries of the internet. But we also have. Uh, he is the host of Arlington in the Morning. He is the host and producer and creator and pretty much does everything around uh, Fantastic Forum. His name is Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> Sorry, you remember like network. <laughs> yeah. I'm showing my age here. Yeah, just a little bit, yeah. yes. But that's okay because we appreciate your wisdom. So it's all good. Oh, man. So Mike, correct me so, if I'm wrong, but Yuli is also the governor of the state of Virginia. Is that correct? <laughs> Mayor for life of Washington D.C. Ulysses E. Campbell. <laughs> yeah, that that title uh, belongs to the uh, the late Marion S. Barry Jr. <laughs> Mayor for life. Yeah, that's what that's what they called him. <laughs> when they said that they were going to change the name of D.C. University to Marion Barry University, I was so mad that they didn't like do more with that and like. Like, call it like bitch set me up university or like something like that because like the opportunities were endless there for that but you know what are you gonna do you drop a marketing opportunity and you just name it marion barry to be respectful Ooh, whatever you know he was the uh one of the few teflon coated politicians up until we got to donald trump but it was him and ronald reagan i mean nothing stuck to those guys Nothing. Although I, I have to say, and I was talking about Marion Barry earlier today, because there's a statue of him down at the district building here, you know, basically our uh, our um, city hall. And uh, he did a lot of good for this city. Yeah, no, he, he definitely did. It's just like in my mind, the first memory I remember of Marion Barry was him getting arrested in that. Uh, that sting yep, in that the hotel. Vista Hotel, that's right. As right. pulling him out and he's saying saying to the cameras, bitch set me well, up. Well, she did. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She set him up good, too. He was up there trying, he was up there trying to get some pussy. He wasn't trying to smoke no drugs. <laughs> Shoot. Let me tell you something. Mary and Barry, oh, he loved women. <laughs> he loved women. I got, I could tell you some stories. <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll save that for an episode of the diner. Uh, <laughs> you can tell us all about Mary and Barry's exploits. <laughs> but let's go ahead, let's go ahead and kick off the geek sheets uh, for our first installment of 2019. Let's hit that geek sheets theme music. 
It's time for the Geek Coming Sheets. over on the wire. Here's the big news this <laughs> Breaking week Breaking Geek, geek news. Nerdy world. And now for the Geek Sheets. Here's Steve Monica. So where'd you guys want to start? Uh, there's a lot of DC stuff. You guys want to go there? I think that, yeah, yeah. that's something. Thank you for bringing that up, Steve, and reminding me. That is something that we're going to do a little bit differently uh, in 2019. When we talk about our geeky, nerdy news, we're going to do it in sections. So we're going to do it by each individual company or um, franchise. So we're going to start with DC. We'll go to Marvel. Uh, we'll go into Star Wars, Star Trek, but then you know we'll kind of hit the ones that don't really fit into any of those categories. But I think we'll kick it off with uh, with some DC news. I like that. Yeah, and so like, there's kind of two big pieces, then we can sprinkle in anything else that we feel is pertinent or has come up recently. But we can talk about a movie that's out and a movie that's going to be coming out. And the movie that's out is Aquaman. And we talked about Aquaman for like quite some time leading up to it, speculating – What's the storylines? I mean, New 52, is it going to do well? Looks great, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, the world seems to agree. Um, I mean, it broke the billion mark worldwide. Uh, it, it is really crushing it as far as the dollars and cents goes. Now, whether or not you personally liked it or anything, I mean, obviously that kind of stuff's subjective. But when we're measuring movies, we obviously look at the box office total. And, I mean, anything that hits the billion mark, it's not as rare as it used to be. But it's still a huge benchmark to hit. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's a success. And obviously, we're probably going to be seeing some sequels from it. And this is, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but they, right now, this is the top grossing DC movie of all time. No, or, it is not. It is not. Oh, it's not? No, it's not. <laughs> DC, DCEU. Okay, so the extended, uh, well, okay, the extended yeah, I guess universe the, one. Okay. DC extended, and then that depends on how you measure it, because um, it, they they always look at the domestic box office first. Correct. That. But even worldwide, um, some of those Chris Nolan movies, um, and I'll I'll, I'll pull up the uh, the stats in just a second. But uh, some of those Chris Chris Nolan movies actually did uh, did better. Yeah, like the the Dark Knight um, rises yes. and, and that kind of stuff. I, I think is is higher than Aquaman at this point. Yeah, we're talking DC. We're speaking to the the DCEU. So Wonder Woman had yeah. the the title, I believe, in the DCEU at the moment um, until Aquaman came along. Um, but yes, domestically, I believe Wonder Woman is still ahead. Um, I'll pull up Box Office Mojo and double check on that. But. I'm looking at it right now, actually, on Box Office Mojo. Yeah, Wonder Woman is at 412 million, uh, Aquaman at 309 million domestic. Yeah, and I, yeah. Okay. See, again, they they look at the whole domestic thing, but let's take a peek. Uh, all right, so um, you may be right about that overall, Mark, because I see Dark Knight uh, is over a billion. It's a uh, one billion four million. And let's see, come on now. And Dark Knight Rises, uh, that's one billion. No, okay, that that one's still higher. One billion eighty-four million. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say um, Aquaman is like one billion two. No, it's one billion seventy-five million. Wow. So yeah, so it's 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 definitely creeping up there. I'll tell you what was surprising for me, too, looking at this list, because I'm actually on Wikipedia right now for highest grossing superhero films. Uh, Venom is at $855 million. Like, it did really, really well, and I didn't think it did that well. Um, I'm, 
I keep hearing more. Everybody I've heard who went and saw it, I did not hear anybody say, I did not like this movie. Nobody said that. Everybody was like, it was surprisingly good. Oh, I've heard the exact opposite. I don't know anyone who really liked it. I just know people who saw it. I don't know anyone who actually liked Venom. Did any of us? I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Either. I, I know that I'm that one also, yeah, the timing of when that movie released was perfect. Like, because it was kind of on the, like the scary side of things being released in October, they got a massive amount of walk-in traffic because it's not like, it, you know, with the rating that it had, um, yeah, sort of like it, a horror movie. Yeah. It was PG 13, right? Yeah. And so, so like people who weren't going to go see the Halloween remake or like, you know, teenagers and stuff like that who couldn't get into an R. I mean, it's not like it's hard or anything, but like if they were with their parents, they were going to go see Venom. And I know they got a ton of walk-in traffic, but like com- uh, critically, it was, I don't want to say panned, but like it wasn't highly reviewed critically. Um, but I knew how well it did box office-wise. I play um, Fantasy Movie League. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, it's If you like fantasy football and you like movies, it's a perfect marriage for you. Um, but like I'm well-versed in like the various box office and things that do – well or overperform or underperform stuff like that and venom was kind of like a rock star for a couple weeks in that game i think what's crazy too is when you look at this the the top three movies top three superhero movies of all time are avengers infinity war avengers and avengers age of ultron those are your top three are those adjusted for inflation um i'm i don't know i'm not i'm not 100 sure i mean i would think so um i mean i'll have to double check let me see Let's see. It doesn't say for sure in here. Um... Okay, adjusted. Uh, now, see, and this is jacked up because I'm looking at the box office mojo list for adjusted for ticket pl- price inflation, but it only gives you domestic totals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and what... additionally, too, like, think about it like, all right, so when Superman, the original Donner one, came out, they didn't have imax they didn't have the 3d stuff that's going to jack the ticket prices up overall which counts towards domestic box office they don't really delineate what type of ticket you bought back then a ticket was a ticket now you got like 12 different grades of ticket that you can buy um go to a five dollar tuesday matinee or you could get the you know crazy 50 dollar one with the plush seats and the dinner and all that kind of stuff and it all counts towards one big pot yeah well and the interesting thing about that in the adjusted for ticket price inflation list that original superman movie is number four on the list behind the dark knight uh the 89 batman movie in number two dark knight rises in number three wow you'll believe a man can fly (laughs) You know, I was actually kind of disappointed with that. There's a buddy of mine uh, who, and we were talking before Superman the movie came out, and what he said, and he messed me up with it. He said, yeah, I want to see Superman, like, fly and then hover and then fly some more. And they didn't really do that. You know, it was always him on a wire or doing some stuff. I mean, I never really believed a man could fly from what they showed me. Now, if they'd have shown me that, he's flying and then he, like, maneuvers a little, hovers, and then flies some more. But they didn't do that. That was always one of the things I really did enjoy about Superman Returns. Like, that was one of the few redeeming things. That scene where he, like, saves the plane and stuff. I was like, yeah, I believe a dude can fly. This looks incredible. But the movie was kind of dry and bland. But Mm. that one lived up to that slogan. That movie did a lot of things that they had talked about in in the comics. Like, little things. Like, for instance, when he's, like, hovering above the Earth 
and he hears everything everything that's yeah. going on like and then he just like he like closes his eyes and focuses and he hears like the alarms going off and he just like springs to action that's kind of the way i always pictured it when they talked about how if superman wanted to he literally could hear every person's heartbeat on the planet at the same time and uh, that was again the movie had its flaws but like there were certain things like that that just like nailed it on the head and like when like for instance the imagery that they used when he was they were trying to resuscitate him back to life after he threw uh, Lex Luthor's uh, island Ugh. of kryptonite into space. Ugh. And they're trying to... <laughs> they're trying to resuscitate him, and, like, they try to shock him, and it doesn't work, and they try to use, like, they try to inject him with needles, and the needles just bend. Like, that's the way it was described in the um, the death and life of Superman, like, when he fought Doomsday and, and, law, and, and died, was when they were trying to resuscitate him, that was the same things that were happening. So it was just, like, little pieces of imagery like that that I really appreciated. The rest of the movie was, was like, a snooze fest. It was, like... A chance to fall asleep and watch, you know, watch Superman and fall asleep basically is what it was. Well, I, Plus, I they stole it. Cyclops from us. They did. Yeah, that was kind of messed they up. They did. And then Fox came up with one of my favorite lines of all time You can't connect with Cyclops because you can't see his eyes. So obviously, he can't be the hero of Dark Phoenix. It's just not going to happen. It has to be Wolverine. <laughs> like, what? Are you serious? That's why? Really? What, you, oh, Jesus. Now, they were mad I'm because shocked. he left. Yeah, shockingly, a lot of people didn't like Cyclops anyway. But no, that movie, it was basically a remake of Superman. And But with that scene that you mentioned with Air Force One pinwheeling through the sky yeah. on fire, I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was some great stuff. It, it got me so excited. I'm like, this movie's going to be incredible. And they had, you know, the you know, flying through outer space with the logo and like the John Williams score and everything. And I'm like, this is like yeah. Superman just ooh, updated ooh, for the modern day. And then it just ooh. kind of hit its peak right there. Ooh, ooh, all right, all right. But they, they had something in there that we had talked about from when we were kids, because we were saying, and like, like how, I mean, this is, I can, I can get like explicit on this, right? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, all right, all right. But, you know, because we were talking about Superman being Superman. We were like, Superman could lay his balls on an anvil, and you could take a sledgehammer, and, like, the fucking sledgehammer would break. If you oh, tried I know to, where like, you're going it. with this. You know? Yeah, so, and it's like, we were talking about, yeah, you could shoot Superman in the eyeball, and the freaking bullet would mash on the eyeball. And when they did that, I was like, ah, drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> drop was, the mic. That was pretty cool. That was, yeah, that, that part is awesome. Um, yeah, so let, let's, um, I mean, all of this sprang from us talking about Aquaman, and I mean, oh, yeah. I, I still, I still haven't seen Aquaman. Like, I just, I don't get oh, to the- you need to go see Aquaman. See it. It's a good movie. I don't get to the theaters. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. And when I do go to the theaters, I, I feel bad going by myself. And I don't really feel like Aquaman is the best movie for my 10 year old. So for the most part, when we go see movies in the theater, it's something that we can both see. Um, you know, it's not it's a bad fine. movie for kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's not, it's not it's explicit. Really, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of violence, but outside of that, I mean, you know, there's yeah. no language really. Uh, yeah. There's no overt sexuality. You know, I mean, you could take him. They did. Yeah. He he has said he has stated because the the one that I promised him to see that we would see. Uh, over the holidays was Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Rakes the Internet, and he really, really enjoyed that, but he also is quite interested and intrigued by Into the Spider-Verse, so that is going to be uh. our next trip, um, which we'll do a matinee for at some point, and then I'll catch Aquaman on, on Blu-ray or Netflix or whatever at some point. Like, it's... it's 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... You, let me tell you something. You need to see this movie on the big screen. Oh, In yeah, fact, yeah. you, you yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. kind of need I, to see I, this I would, I would in like with that, IMAX yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't think a regular TV could do it justice. Like, it's a yeah. fine, it's probably a fine movie on TV, but it, uh, the movie experience definitely enhances just how gorgeous visually that movie is. Well, all right then. It's been it's been foretold, so I shall do it. Um, I, I, Steve, I got to give you credit for this because you you literally asked for credit in the article. Um, your your pun of a name for Batman versus Superman, Yawn of Justice. So, <laughs> quick round of applause for Steve Monick's Batman versus Superman, Yawn of Justice joke. I'm not well done, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to find the line. You, you, you said it in the article, and I'm trying to find it. Like you were like, like pay attention and clap for me, damn it! Like it was something like that. Like let me see if I can find it. It was, it was pretty funny. It was though. down in the Ghostbusters part, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you used it again yeah. because I'm a yeah. shill for myself, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't own a copy of Batman v Superman: Yawn of Justice. I just really thought I was a hilarious pun. So here it is again. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i do the same thing i'm like this is a good yeah. joke i don't know why you're not laughing like start laughing beat it into the ground um so with that while we're jumping back to the article and other hilarious things that were said and interesting points that were made the other half of this dc coin that we brought up was the uh batman film yeah and and that's uh beginning production in uh november right or right yeah 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 mc actually was the one who kind of hit me to this in the first place so um, have they cast batman yet they're no so okay that's interesting because there there's a fun rumor kind of floating around can't really verify so I, I i i mean you could easily take it with a grain of salt but there's one that came out like a few days ago that said they're actually not going to recast batman and oh, what, it's going to be Ben Affleck? Yeah, that Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck is going to reprise his uh, his role. That wouldn't and kill me. I, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it too. And uh, there's a, there was another one on a I think it was Reddit that has a, a potential plot for this Batman film, which 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 actually which the way they the the way that they're apparently going to structure this film. Is yes, uh, Ben Affleck is going to be in it, but instead you're going to fe it's going to feature kind of younger, younger Batman as he kind of ascends to becoming the Batman. So who's going to play younger Batman? Are they going to like? They're just going to splice. Uh, I mean, they're going to splice it's, it's footage not... from Mallrats um, with young Ben Affleck in there. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's unverified. I mean, it's it's just something that I saw that I thought was interesting. They're, uh, they're saying that the 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 out of the, the out of the gate right now one that they're talking about that if they're not going to recast uh, Affleck is this guy he's a British actor his name is Jack O'Connell I've I've never yeah. heard of him I've me either yeah he's just like I mean but that's the thing though is like I guess after Clooney messed up Batman they were like we need British actors to do this other than Affleck like it's you know I, I don't, but you I, could, I, you I, could but go I, with John Hamm John yeah. Hamm could be Batman. An older Batman, yeah. Yeah. See, here's I was talking to my buddy Jim. He's like the the big Spider-Man fan. I've mentioned a couple of times, yeah. and he was saying that Kevin Smith dropped what was one of the best ideas for a film ever. It's about time we do Batman Beyond, and Michael Keaton is the older Batman yeah. coming yes. back oh, and reviving yes. his role. Yes. That has gotten yeah. a lot like, of traction on on the internet. It's so like, genius. Yes. Yeah. It's it so genius. So much sense. And then you and can cast all... anyone you want 
uh, on the younger half of that. Fair, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and they're already doing, and DC's already like doing a million solo, isolated, non-EU films. So why not do yeah, this on top of that? As Steve mentioned in the article, there's 72 Joker movies in production right now. So yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and the interesting thing is we just bumped up on the 20th anniversary of the debut of Batman Beyond. Um, yep. at the, it was like right. the beginning of December, I think. Yeah. Yep. And actually, one of the one of the villains that they've, that's been rumored, and, and it, we don't even know for sure if it's, this is a rumor or if Josh Gad just decided to troll everybody and start Photoshopping pictures of himself as the Penguin. But, like, he's the, he's not letting this go. And, like... Well, it, the Penguin... The, the penguin is the villain that I saw mentioned in the script that I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Ping, it, it featured both penguin and Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, oh. as being, being part of this film. I just, I, it, why, are the, why, why those two together though? Again, we did this once before. It was called Batman Returns. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And if you don't have Michelle Pfeiffer, what's the point? Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, right. But like, would who be, would you want to see? Like, given given the entire Rogues Gallery, whether you, used in the past or not, like, who's someone you would like to see that I, want, that I want Paul Dini version fucking Mr. Freeze like thank you yes that's what yes. I was gonna say he, he is the, he <laughs> was the best Batman villain when they redid him instead of being like his cheesy corny self like he was on the Adam West show but then like when when Schwarzenegger got it and he hammed it up like that was no good but like that that oh man the heart of the heart of ice is that what the episode was called yeah. Yes. Where oh god, that is such a good episode, and like the voice, yeah. and like he just you need you need something like that, and like if he wasn't like super busy, because I know he is, because he's filming a new Star Trek series, which we'll talk about that later. But I feel like Patrick Stewart emulating a little bit of Lacutus Aborg would be a perfect Victor Freeze. Mm. Just like because he, he could mm. he could play cold and emotionless very very well, and then when you find out that he's not cold and emotionless, it's actually all because of losing his wife Nora. Like I think that he could pull that off. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that um, Heart of Ice uh, cartoon because I was thinking about the old um, listen to me the old Batman animated series cartoons. I used to uh, set my VCR. And when I came home from work, I'd watch him. And that was, without a doubt, the best characterization. Well, the, sorry, the closest characterization to what is presented in the comics for Batman that I've ever seen. And they, they you know, that, that one moment you mentioned, well, actually, you didn't mention the moment, but there was a bunch of stuff in that. Um, when Batman was looking at the videotape for how uh, Freeze uh, became injured, and even Batman is like, my God, you know? And then you saw how cold the guy was. You know, one of his uh, uh, henchmen got his legs frozen, and uh, Freeze is like, leave him. He should have been more careful. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah. But I tell you what, I, I, I would, you know, and I'm sort of playing the devil's advocate here a little bit, I'd sort of like to see maybe a lesser known uh, one of uh, Batman's rogues gallery. Maybe even somebody they haven't done before, like Black Crazy Quilt. Mask. Crazy Quilt. I just found the, the tweet that, I, that referenced the script, and it actually mentioned Man Bat as the other... Uh, the other thing, in addition to Catwoman and Penguins. That would be weirdly yeah, interesting. That would be interesting, yeah. But like I said, I mean, you know, do you all know Black Mask's backstory? Black Mask, I mean, Batman has got some twisted, twisted villains that he fights. Yeah, I, like, I wouldn't hate yeah. if they did something like that. Like, because my first introduction, I remember 
watching that movie Under the Red Hood, and Black Mask is a big part of that. So I mean that using him in that kind of capacity where he's like a like a kingpin kind of you know leading like the crime lord having that as opposed to having like some mega arch villain like bane or whatever ended up being like you know some some raw powerful guy like some dude who's just i'm running this whole crime organization i've always been a big hush fan too so i mean i wouldn't hate like someone like that who's not necessarily like has any sort of powers or anything like that but it's they're running things behind the scenes and causing all kinds of trouble for Batman. So like black mask would fit into that too. You know, and and I liked hush. I'm sorry, MC, let me just get this out. I'll shut up. Um, You know, the, um, I liked hush, but part of my issue with what DC is doing, actually what we Marvel is doing too. They, they are concentrating more, uh, even in sometimes in name only on some of the more, um, the more recent, stories or story arcs that they've told as opposed to mining further back uh, some of the stuff you know like age of ultron that was a fairly recent story that um uh mark millard did i think and uh, you know even um you know this uh, you know thanos stuff that was uh, we're not talking about super recent but you know well, that was the 90s you know i mean i would i'd like to see him going back more to the roots of these characters uh, you know for some of the stuff that they're doing i i mean i appreciate that you know your your younger uh, viewers might be more familiar with hush but he's kind of recent for me. I'm like, yeah, that was a great story arc. But, you know, if they were going to do something recent, I'd prefer to see The Court of Owls as opposed oh, to... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah, that would be a good one. I, I definitely agree. Um, yep. I feel like... I really liked his run in the uh, animated series. Um, it was a, I remember being a kid and it was the first time that I ever felt sympathetic for a villain, uh, and that's Clayface. Mm. Wait where you actually like there, there was one where like he had to get his hands on some sort of compound and it was like the only way to turn himself back into a regular person and batman stopped him and i was like that was kind of a dick move batman like if you just let him become a regular person you could have just slapped cuffs on him and then he would have been fine like why do you have to blow the machine up and then you're outside fighting him and it's raining and his clay like dissolves and he falls into the ocean and now he's dead way to go batman like you're such an asshole like i mean <laughs> we're like butt man am i right <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you if you think about it batman you, you i mean you if you you could actually perceive batman as kind of a villain in his own universe if you think about it i mean bruce wayne has enough money to, to, to probably resolve a lot of the poverty issues in gotham and yet instead of you know pouring <laughs> money into the city wayne enterprise has done a lot of charity stuff and i you may recall in the in fact i think in the comics too uh, but in the uh, cartoon he cured man bat i mean if clayface gives himself up Batman's smart enough where he could probably cure you. You know, don't fight him. You know, just be like, hey. You know? Well, and like that's that's actually a really interesting um, point there too. And like, it just you just reminded me of something that like I was reading an article and it was talking about like these these like one perfect moment from an otherwise like dog shit movie, and it's when George Clooney is Batman in Batman Forever. And or I'm sorry, and Batman and Robin, yeah, and Batman and Robin, and he's talking to Mr. Freeze, and Freeze is like laying there, and he's like, at one point you were a doctor 
who tried to do good and help people, you know, I need your help right now. Try to find that person that you were once before to help me save a life. And it was just like, damn, where did that come from? Like this, <laughs> this movie is full of bat nipples and Dutch angles. Like that, that's all this, that, that it was like, and, and it's, it's things like that, that that's, that's what I wanted to get back to. Like, I want it to be like the Batman that we know instead of like, cause that was my biggest issue with, with Affleck as Batman was like, it was just like him doing a lot of like snarky comments and stuff like that. And him thinking that that's what Bruce Wayne is like. So I hear you can talk to fish and it's just like, fuck, are you serious, man? Come on. You're not but star you know, Lord. You, I, I put that, I put that on the writers more than Affleck. Cause I, I I, he didn't, you know, he didn't write the joke, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like that. I like that. I really think that the right, how, how they wrote each of the characters for the Batman vs Superman and Justice League, like a lot of people railed against Ben Affleck's depiction, but it's like no one you put in that role with the way they wrote the character was gonna make make it a good Batman. Yeah, agreed. I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, let's let's kind of pivot here and go into the other ones that are coming up here. Um, of sure. the new oh. of the three that are coming, because the big three are Shazam, yeah. Wonder Woman eighty four. And the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Which of those three, and we'll kind of go round table, are you looking forward to the most? We'll start with Yuli. Yuli, which of those three do you think is going to be the best one? Which one are you looking forward to the most? Captain Marvel. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, I'm sorry. That wasn't one of my choices? <laughs> it kind of was. I Technically, it, it is. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> we're doing the all right. we're doing the geek jokes, guys. Hope you're prepared. <laughs> all right. Well, of the of the oh ha ha, I get it. That was a little too subtle for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I um I no really. Uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, you know Carol Danvers. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I mean that's uh, because you got a female lead. Um, it's a period piece. You got Scrolls, which I have been waiting for in a Marvel movie for God knows how long. The Cree, hell, you even got Marvel in the thing, you know. So I'm excited about that. But no, of the ones you, uh, the ones you mentioned, uh, Shazam is the one that I'm excited for. The uh, the the trailers look really good. It looks like it's got a heart. It looks like it's a kind of fun movie. Uh, Krasinski looks like he's having a ball, you know, with the thing. Uh, no, wait, isn't isn't Krasinski? It's the other one. Um, yeah, the dude that kind of looks like him. Yes, I mean they're <laughs> practically the same guy. I I forget who's the lead in that movie. Oh, uh, Zachary Levi. Yeah, Zachary Levi. Thank you. He looks like he's having a good time. Um, you know, it looks like because one of the I mean, and you know, I'm I'm a pretty dour, sour kind of guy. You know, pessimistic and all that. But um, you know, you can't have you got to have balanced movies and this this edict from whoever, you know, that like DC movies must be humorless, devoid of fun or whatever. Nah, you know, forget that. You got to have, I mean, you know, I think they go over the top with Marvel, but you got to have equal parts of uh, fun and seriousness. And uh, this one looks like you're going to be able to have some of that, you know? And yep. also yep. I just, you know, Cap Captain, uh, the original Captain Marvel, you know, Billy Batson, you know, the, Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury, all that. Um, you know, this was a character actually from Fawcett Comics, created by C.C. Beck. And many people don't know the history of this character, but um, Captain Marvel was outselling Superman, okay? And DC, National Periodical Publications at the time, uh, they sued Fawcett 
to claim that uh, Captain Marvel was too much like Superman. Now, how in the world you get that is beyond me because these characters, they don't look alike, their powers are, it's maybe similar, but you know, I mean, the, the secret identity, so, there was so much different about them, I don't know how they managed to win that. And uh, they basically sued Fawcett out of existence and they took over the market. So um, I thought that was a very sad history, but uh, the character uh, survived and um, ultimately was acquired by DC and uh, still has his own following. There are a lot of people, I mean, some of it's kind of ugly. Captain, Captain Marvel had a um, African-American sidekick oh, called yeah. Steamboat. And, uh, you know, some of the, I mean, just trust me, Google Captain Marvel Steamboat, you will not believe the shit you see. It's ridiculous. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. don't even Google it, yeah. really. Like, it's, <laughs> like, maybe don't. Yeah, you know, but so, but he has Oh my God, I just looked it up. Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> oh, and then simul simultaneously, I, I just got an email. I'm being sued by the NAACP. Um, <laughs> makes sense. Hey, I, I told I, you not to Google <laughs> Brooks, Brooks, we got to stand up for him. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Yeah, you know, we're we're going to vouch for you. Yeah, you're good, man. <laughs> no, but um, actually, though, and all kidding aside, despite uh, the the negativeness of that stereotype. Um, Captain Marvel is to be commended because African-Americans did not routinely appear in these strips. Uh, you know, uh, the spirit was another one. I mean, the, the characterization was not as offensive, you know, but uh, due to the mores of the time, this was the way that African-Americans were presented. And so, but again, the fact that you even had somebody of color, despite the fact that he was a buffoon, you know, was noteworthy. So I, I, I give them a couple of points on account of that. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they do with it, uh, to see if it lives up to the appearance of the quality of the trailers. MC Brooks, which of the new DC movies are you looking forward to the most? So, so glad you went to me next because I wanted to just, I wanted to immediately follow up on what Yuli was saying. Um, I'm also excited about Shazam. Um, I think of the, the three that you mentioned, of the three movies, uh, he's the one I know the least. The le uh, he's the one I knew the the least bit about, and so I'm very intrigued uh, to go in and kind of see what DC is going to do with his character in particular. Um, it, I think the thing that I that I enjoy the most to, to follow up on what Yuli was saying about the like the kind of the lightheartedness of the film is it's totally opposite from like a Justice League where you could tell that. They, they were trying to force the humor into what was kind of a serious movie. Whereas this just looks like, like, like they hired comedy people to kind of naturally, you know, put humor into this film. So it feels more organic. It feels more natural. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm just, the, both the trailer, all of the trailers that have come out have, have been pretty awesome. Um, there's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see about what, what they're going to do for their post credit scene, you know, um, whether we're going to get anything with Black Adam because they don't, you know, DC doesn't know what they're doing with, with Black Adam. Um, there's, you know, potentially maybe a, a Superman cameo. I mean, you, in the latest trailer that came out, they kind of had an O, they kind of had, kind of had kind of an homage to him with kind of that airborne fight, uh, that they showed, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but I think Shazam is going to be is going to be the best. Uh, I mean, Wonder Woman probably would be awesome too. 
Um, what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, the new Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, uh, I mean that'll probably be. I, I don't. I don't know. I have no <laughs> expectations for that. I, I, gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, overall, I think Shazam's gonna gonna be the best of the of the three. And I'm curious to see because it's you know it's DC going in a very different direction from where they've gone so okay. far. Uh, Steve Monick. Yeah, I mean, I hate to sound kind of like a you know broken record here, but I, I out of those three, I definitely am most interested to see Shazam. Like my first half of this year is so freaking front loaded with awesomeness. Um, you know, got Dream Theater, the concert, Captain Marvel, Shazam, Endgame. Um, I mean, I guess we would throw Far From Home in there. Dark Phoenix is in June. John Wick 3. I mean, there's so much awesome stuff coming out in the first half of this year for seven months. Um, like it, it's, it's almost like I don't even really need to pick one because there's so much cool stuff happening. Uh, but of the list you gave, um, I'm most excited for Shazam. I'm most intrigued by the Joker movie. I'm very interested to see where they go because... That one's kind of unique. Like even, I, I know technically the the Suicide Squad is this is a movie from the bad guys' perspective. But you're like, but was it? Like, <laughs> but, but was it really? Um, and I feel like this one is going to be kind of maybe on the darker side, but not Zack Snyder. We're being dark because we it's cool. Like, no, I think this one's going to be dark, dark. Um, and I'm very interested to see how that works. Um, from like a superhero marrying that up with that kind of weird sinister version of a movie so that I'm more intrigued by that one uh, it could suck it could be awesome <laughs> it could be you know thought-provoking but I know what I'm getting in Shazam and that's like typically what I go to the movie theater to see okay yeah I mean I, I'm I'm with you guys on this one I, I want I want to see Shazam um, I Wonder Woman 84. I still haven't seen the first one. I still haven't seen the first Wonder Woman movie. And it, you haven't seen Wonder what? Woman? No, Bro. I have not. Yes, I know. What? I know. I just, I'm, Dude. it's, whenever I am like, hey, let's sit down and watch Wonder Woman. I'm like, oh, there's an, a new episode of Hot Ones on YouTube. I'm going to watch that instead. Like, I just, I get distracted by stupid nonsense and like, and then I forget. Like, I'm just saying, Gordon Ramsay was on the last episode of Hot Ones. It was pretty exciting. You guys should watch it. It's, it's, it's basically a guy interviewing people while they eat really, really hot chicken wings. Um, yeah, I know. It, it was a joke that, like, uh, I'm watching stupid things instead of watching the good movies. N nothing? <laughs> Nobody? Okay, fine. Um, no, we're all disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, not even mad, just disappointed. Um, I... Again, it's not for any reason other than I just I haven't gotten around to it. And I will tell you this, before I see Wonder Woman 84, I will definitely watch Wonder Woman. Then I'll probably be like, alright, this is way better than any of the other stuff that they've done. The Joker movie is, like if done right could be really really well done but the problem with the joker and this is just in my opinion across the board it's the same problem that they have with harley quinn and it's that people have romanticized this character in their heads as to what it actually is and they've taken liberties with it in the comic books and done some things that are pretty friggin' ridiculous like the whole concept that the joker is not insane he's actually so intelligent like i've heard people say things like this and it makes me want to slap them because they're like oh he's not actually insane he's just so intelligent that he understands the world better than anybody else i'm like that's bullshit like he's he's, he's, he's nuts like he's he's fucking nuts he's criminally insane that's what makes him great is that he cares about nothing and he's just nuts like 
they've they've personified this thing with the Joker where making him crazy, um, but therefore also smarter than everybody somehow uh, like connects him with other people that are his fans. And I don't I don't buy that. I don't get that. And like the whole selling of oh. Um, you'll see memes of I want a love story like this and it's a picture of Joker and Harley and I'm like you want Stockholm Syndrome right. and you want a <laughs> codependent relationship like I don't think you're reading these comic books because like he's really abusive to her and she just kind of takes it and like that's kind of the point and it's I, I've always liked the Joker he's a great villain I mean I think the best villain that, that they have to offer in the DCEU period Um Lex Luthor, if done right, can be really, really good. But I think the Joker is the gold standard, um, mostly because of what we saw Heath Ledger do and then before him, Jack Nicholson. But, like, the Joker is also the one that I'm the most afraid they're going to screw up. Because Wonder Woman, I feel like... I mean, I know enough about the, the first movie to know that they did it right. And that's what was awesome about it. And that they're not going to do... They're not going to misstep with Wonder Woman 84. But the Joker, I feel like there's so much room for error like you've got like this you've got this lane like imagine like all the DCEU movies are like 95 right like and you've got like six lanes going across right but five of those lanes are shut down you've got one lane where the joker can succeed and any of those others and it's going to get backed up and it's going to be a mess hmm. well all right here's the thing with the joker and um i i agree with much of what you said but i think uh, as with many things, uh, regrettably today, and part of it is due to the overwhelming popularity of this genre right now, um, is that there are a lot of people, and it, it's funny because I was there's a, a Facebook group of which I'm a part. It's called Old Guys Who Like Comics, and we were talking about you know there was a thread you know where we were saying oh just some old guy type stuff, um, you know to mention something that um, reminds you that you're an old guy who likes comics. And um, one of the things that came up, and actually it's what I said, was uh, about how I remember the days when uh, heroes who use edged weapons were always knights. And uh, frequently they would strike their enemies with the flat of the blade, okay? You've got one of the most popular comic book characters today is Wolverine. Well. 50 years ago, Wolverine would have had to have been a villain. I mean, you just didn't have a guy like this running around with these knives coming out of the back of his hands being a hero. Now, similarly, when you see these memes about, oh, this is the kind of love story that I want to see, uh, because there's so many people who are damaged. Uh, just as a real quick aside, uh, back when uh, in, in my other life, uh, when I worked as a uh, real estate manager, uh, I came across a young woman uh, once who said to me and my right hand to God, she's like, how do you know a man loves you if he doesn't hit you? And, you know, you've got some really regrettably some really twisted people out there and they identify with what they have seen from the Joker and from Harley Quinn. And um, in fact, more so than they do with Batman. I remember when that first Batman movie came out, you know, with Jack Nicholson as the Joker, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, Jack Nicholson was the real star of this movie. They should have called it the Joker instead of Batman. 
And, um, you know, it, 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 this is part of what we are experiencing today. So it's part of the reason they even decided to make a Joker movie in the first place. You didn't used to see movies like Venom and The Joker and, you know, the, you know focusing on criminals. I mean, it was, you didn't do that. I mean, there wasn't going to be a market for it. But today there is. And it's just uh, a, a, a sad example of the dysfunction that exists throughout our culture. All right, so let's kind of wrap up DC here uh, and pivot into our our next topic, uh, and that is going to be Marvel Comics. Steve, what's the first story you got for us with Marvel? Well, we got a kind of like DC. There's a little column A, a little column B. Marvel, there's stuff we can talk about with MCU, and then we can talk about Marvel non-MCU. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the non-MCU first. Um, the the piece we had in the article was about how, as progression of the the contract deal and finalizing all the documents and the the merger between Disney and Fox, all of the Marvel X Men that kind of stuff for 20th Century Fox has pretty much been shut down. Um, I know I read some stuff like Ryan Reynolds is putting out there like his ideas for Deadpool 3 and still kind of talking about how it might be a possibility, but Dark Phoenix is coming out later this year, and that's pretty much it. I mean, all the planned stuff, people are still talking about it and asking about it, but it seems like it's kind of done, yeah. um, even though the, I, I think there's still some logistics to finalize between the I got acquisition it. of yeah. Fox, but it, it's, it's, it's done. I got a really, really yeah. bad feeling that Dark Phoenix is going to flop hard for two reasons. One, right now, from what people are saying, from what they've seen, it's awful. That's the first thing I've heard. And the second, I don't know if you guys are seeing the stories that are going around. This is not the first time that he's been part of some serious controversy with his extracurricular activities. But Brian Singer is in the hot seat big time. And like the spotlight, the whole Me Too thing... It, the spotlight is on him big time and he yeah. looks like it is not something because at first these these accusations have come up before with him and they've been kind of brushed aside but they keep coming back and there's new accusations and I got a feeling that it's going to be a Kevin Spacey situation here and we're not going to see Brian Singer anymore and because of that X-Men Dark Phoenix is going to suffer big time and it doesn't help from what I'm hearing the movie is not good and logistically I mean who in the world is going to market this movie? I mean, obviously, 20th Century Fox still wants to recoup, you know, some of the investment they made in producing the film. But, like, what's there to gain for them at this point? You know, and it's not like Disney. Disney's like, this isn't our kid. I don't care about what happens to this one. Yeah. It's... Yep. I don't I don't know, man. And, like, I feel like it's one of those things with, with uh, Singer, too, with what he... These accusations are not going away. It's not like um, there have been a lot of other people that got accused of stuff and then the accusation went away because it turned out it was false. Like the guy who created a catfish on MTV. Um, oh, Neve. Yeah, he got accused of, of, of um, sexual assault and it got basically like completely debunked and there has not been another word about that. So it really leads to showing that maybe that wasn't actually real. But the singer stuff keeps coming back. And... It, it's 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 disappointing too because like honestly like he's directed one of my favorite movies of all time I think The Usual Suspects is a work of art like and I, I loved when he redid the X-Men stuff like First Class I love X-Men First Class 
Um, I really liked um, Days of Future Past as well. And like the first X-Men movie was great too. Like I just, I, it's disappointing. It's disappointing to see that these guys lead lives that are not of an exemplary nature outside of their professions. Okay. Yep, yep. Well, I, I hear you on that, and uh, I think you're I think you're right. And it's unfortunate that you have some people uh, whose talent is such that apparently it makes them uh, feel as if they are supposed to be able to treat anybody uh, any way they want. And um, you know, and that their appetites go in a certain direction. You know, I mean, I, I happen to believe that a healthy relationship involves consent. And, uh, you know, it's better if you have consenting adults who are doing stuff, you know, <laughs> as opposed to somebody who is in a mentor uh, position and taking advantage of a younger person, um, you know, or just flat out uh, forcing themselves on somebody. You know, I mean, whether it's, uh, you know, because that person feels that they have something to gain career wise or what have you. Um, you know, but uh, Singer has been, I mean, you give him the right material because I, I didn't think he, yeah, I, I thought there was some good stuff that he did with uh, that Superman movie. But uh, X-Men was really in his wheelhouse. And, you know, the whole, um, you know, taking uh, mutants and turning that into an allegory for uh, racism and anti-Semitism and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, this underclass of people, you know, that are, um, you know, being mistreated and taken advantage of. I mean, I thought that was that was a really brilliant take on on all of that. And uh, you know, you uh, focus on the alienation. You know, and particularly young people. Uh, you know, feeling as if they aren't represented. I mean, there was just there was there was a lot of there was a lot you could do with it. A lot of places to go with it. And from what I've heard. Um, it seems like they're going to leave Singer alone and just let him, you know, I mean, at least for right now, do this stuff. And, you know, I, in some ways, I think it, it's like the NFL, you know, I mean, if, if we don't have, we're going to try our hardest to suppress the footage, but we don't have footage from inside the elevator then it's okay you know we can we can show you ray rice dragging the unconscious woman out of the elevator but when we see you actually punch her out in the elevator oh that's a little too much and now we have to take action but we will help you by trying to suppress all of this as much as we can and uh, you know because not everybody is a um uh, a james gunn you know, I mean, you know, a James Gunn made him a lot of money, but evidently not so much that they were. And, and that stuff was already out there. You know, if there's something they can cover up, there's somebody they can pay off or whatever. You know, they silence one or two people or three or four or five or however many boys this guy, you know, put his hands on or his mouth or whatever. You know, right. I mean, so, um, yeah, you know, but but because he makes some money. Yeah. And that's that makes you an important commodity. It's it's unfortunate that the rules are different for somebody like that. It really is. Really? And it, like, like, let's kind of pivot back to the actual business side of it too. Um, I think that like some of the titles, like The Gambit, first off, like they've been toying with this movie for at least like the last like five years. And honestly, I hope it dies for good. I think Gambit is so overrated. Like, just leave him alone. Just don't even put him in the movie. Like, maybe have him in one of the X-Men movies, but I don't need a, so a solo movie about, about Remy LeBeau. Like, I just could care less <laughs> about him. Um, Doctor Doom? I think Doctor Doom would have been awesome. I think that he has not been utilized correctly in any of the movies. I think he's a great villain, and the fact that we have not seen one of the best 
Marvel villains from the comics really do a good show in any of the movies is, I think, disappointing to say, at least. Agree. And there's a there's a, he's one of the uh, potential villains for Black Panther 2. That would be dope. That would be so cool. Wakanda versus Latveria. That, oh, I like that. That would be really cool. Um, Steve, I don't know what if you... What it really speaks to is the weakness of uh, the Black Panther's own villains. rogues gallery. Yeah. Um, Steve, I don't notice, know if you noticed this, and I hope you actually Googled it, but in this particular article where we're talking about the business side of 20th Century Fox's merger with Disney, I made up a nickname for you, The Thunder from Down Under. I don't know if you actually <laughs> looked that up or not. But this is... I, I didn't. I, I assumed it came from your brain, but apparently not. No, it was a slow roll, but please... Um, Google the thunder from down under when you get a chance just so you can see what I was going going for when I trolled you with this um, oh my god have you looked it up yet um, I'm, I'm looking at it now <laughs> <laughs> here guys I'll read it to you Australia's thunder from down under is an Australian male review who performs in Las Vegas Nevada and tours internationally the show is a 90 minute interactive performance with choreographed dance and flashing lights their main competitor is Chippendales. So, there you go. Half-naked men dancing around. That's Steve's new nickname. You're welcome. See, it all ties together because it's kind of like Magic Mike. Channing Tatum was in Magic Mike. Channing Tatum Gambit. This is how we get from A to B. And now you see, <laughs> and now you know how my brain works because that's exactly what happened in my head. I was like, I knew I, it. I was like, where can I come up with this? I mean, I feel like I should make a Magic Mike reference. I was like, wait, I got it. There it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So I want to bridge from this past topic of not mcu stuff to yeah, mcu i like it of the 20th century fox characters that disney is now acquiring who are you who's the one character you're most excited to see incorporated into what's already been built that hasn't been there because fox had them damn that's a good question that's a good that's, yeah but only fantastic one. four well one i know uh, well, uh, well, you gotta look at them as a team yeah and they haven't been done right i mean they're really tough because of the nature of the team. I mean, the way to do the Fantastic Four is as a period piece. Kinda you got to like, set it in 1961. Like yeah, yeah, except a little bit later. You set it 61, 62. Because the Fantastic Four was all about American exceptionalism. You know, we were trying to beat the commies into space. And uh, Reed and Ben were both World War II era guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like that Yoan uh, Griffith, um, Chris Evans movie with Jessica Alba. I thought Jessica Alba was horribly miscast, but yeah. I still like looking at her. But, you know, they, they had, you know, you had to make Johnny a grunge guy as opposed to a uh, James Dean 50s rocker type, you know. Um, but I'd like to see the Fantastic Four done right. Yeah. So you want to see like a like a late 60s era setting? Well, you very easily Early could 60s. do... You very easily 60s, yeah. could do what they did with Captain America, too, where you have them time displaced um, because they go into... Um, I was thinking into the negative zone. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't remember the name of the zone. I, I was going to say Phantom Zone. I was like, no, that's Superman. Um, I knew... Okay, negative zone. There you go. Thank you. Um, MC, what about you, man? Um, honestly, Deadpool, if I have to pick one. And I say Deadpool just because it's the first. It was the first superhero film that was rated R, and we know that all of the MCU films, PG-13, and the odds of them allowing that to go on for you know whatever they're doing in the next phase, 
very very unlikely yeah so i'd be curious to see what they decide to do with the with the deadpool character um how they decide to go about his uh crass <laughs> humor and and how they and how they'll incorporate that with kind of the fun lighthearted nature that they are humor that they've kind of been going in with the with the recent run of mcu films i mean not to mention i mean i would love to see just deadpool and spider-man together that i feel like that would be a very fun fun tag team if they if they were to ever make that happen i think we can all agree that that is something that needs to happen is deadpool and spider-man together um i i don't want to see the problem is, is if i say like you did the with fantastic four if I say the X-Men, the X, there's like 80,000 X-Men, you know? Like, there's a lot of them. But, like, I want to see some crossover, because I love when you get to see little bits and pieces of the X-Men crossover with the Avengers and things like that. Like, when you saw um, Wolverine interacting with the Avengers or Wolverine and Deadpool, even though those were both Fox properties at the time, the fact that Disney's not afraid to throw a lot of money at Hugh Jackman and be like, listen, the people want to see Deadpool and uh, Wolverine crossover. So Hugh, uh, you think you can make this happen? Because here's a here's a giant sack of money with Mickey uh, Mickey face on yep. the front of it. Why don't you come on and, and hook us up, bud? I feel yep. like Disney's going to have a little more pull than Fox would. Um, Absolutely. But also, and too, I loved... I would love to see the X-Men done a little less... I mean, I like the... Now, I wouldn't say gritty. Gritty's the wrong word. But they kind of have, like, a not a darkness to them, but that's what Singer brought to it. Singer brought kind of, like, a realism to it. I would like to see Disney kind of cartoon them up a little bit and make them a little, like, almost like that 90s X-Men animated series, but with live action on the big screen. I think that you could do that, and Disney could pull that off very, very easily. Absolutely. And the, to to follow that up, too, uh, Hugh Jackman did kind of hint at, at one of the, these comic cons last year that, you know, he, he, if he, if he did come out of retirement for Wolverine, it would have to be for something like an Avengers type film. Yeah. I mean, just imagine him and Ryan Reynolds together doing an X-Force movie, <laughs> you know, like that would be, yeah, I could, and, and like, I, I just can imagine him. You saying to Hugh Jackman, listen, here's a sack load of money and you and Ryan Reynolds get to have fun doing goofy shit for, for you know, three or four months while we film this, you know? And, like, I, I don't see how there's any way he loses in that situation, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and if you do bring him in for an Avengers film, I mean, Avengers films are only, they're, what, every two to three, well, with the exception of these, of uh, Infinity War and Endgame, yeah. they're pretty much every two to three years. So, I mean, between now and whenever they decide to do uh, Avengers 5, uh, that's more, I feel like that's more than enough time for them to set up enough Easter, enough Easter eggs and enough stories so that they can have a reason to have Hugh come out of, re out of retirement in three years for the next Avengers film, yeah. whatever they decide to do with it. You know, part of it depends on his level of commitment because... Um, it, it doesn't sound like him playing Wolverine has been a lot of fun. He goes on these special diets to, you know, get his body all cut up and stuff to be able to do it. And I mean, he's eating like raw fish and <laughs> crap, like whatever. But it's a very exact, because Hugh Jackman, despite what a lot of people might think, he's actually a very dedicated performer. 
and uh, he's shown quite a bit of range. I mean, doing. Did anybody? Did any of you see the movie where um, he was playing like this time displaced count? And uh, he's like the guy who invented the elevator. He's a romantic comedy. Yes, I know what you're talking thing. about. Oh, I want to say like um, Meg Ryan was in it or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. And I was like, get out. This is Hugh Jackman. And then Greatest Showman. He can sing. He can dance. I mean, there's a lot of stuff this guy can do. And um, you know, he's he's been playing Wolverine for like 20 years now, damn near. You know. And I think he's serious. I don't. I mean, sometimes you get to the point where. Um, you know, you're, and especially if you are the kind of performer that's not going to phone it in and you take every role uh, with the utmost seriousness, you know, I, I don't know that, I don't, you know, excuse me, it might be time for somebody else to take up the mantle. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's definitely yeah. somebody else out there oh, I'm sure. you know, who could, yeah. you know, and they could get a shorter actor too. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's way too tall. Yeah. Yeah. I, can I can agree with, I can agree with that. I, but I could also see them do kind of probably what I feel like they're going to end up doing with Tony Stark, which is, I mean, it's one film. It's not like his commitment would have to be, you know, to where they're doing, they're constantly doing stuff around the clock. I mean, and perhaps maybe even his, uh, he could come out of retirement solely for the purpose of passing this mantle on to whomever. Steve, what about you? If they you? decide to go that. Which what's your um who's your go to? Who who do you are you most excited to see potentially? I'm I'm mostly excited for the heavy hitter villains that they have access to now. I mean, you can redo Apocalypse, Doctor Doom, Galactus, Kang the Conqueror, um some really some really cool villains that would be imposing on like kind of a Thanos level. Um cuz I mean, if the MCU can make us care about people like Rocket and Groot, you know, that, I mean, let's be honest, before the movie, like, we're not household names, and now everyone freaking loves them. Um, they can do pretty much anything with, with the characters and everything, but one of the areas that they've been a little bit weaker on is, is solid villains, and I think bringing some of these villains in would help with that. But if we're going to talk about, like, a singular hero or character, um, Everyone talks about the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. I'm excited they're going to get access to Silver Surfer. I mean, they've already established yeah, this whole yeah. galactic thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy and this, like, larger universe outside of, like, the terrestrial Earthbound heroes. Uh, I always thought Silver Surfer was just cool, and I, it would be fun to see him on the big screen. Um, really I mean, a visual I, I, character, you know. Yeah, built in with... with some of this stuff, I mean, like, I, I like the way he looked and everything in the, the sequel to the Fantastic Four movie, um, but it just wasn't quite all there for me. I mean, and the fact that we could actually get um, uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, I mean, let's let, let's talk about how yeah. awesome that would be. <laughs> That'd be rad. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, this whole Heralds of Galactus thing, bring Fire Lord in, you know, bring Airwalker in, yeah. you know, bring Terax in, some of these weirdos. So, um, I'm not sure if it's MC or if it's Yuli, um, but uh, are one of you guys uh, moonlighting as a bartender and filling a drink with ice? Or <laughs> <laughs> I was I was dropping some ice in a glass. Okay, all right. I, yeah, I had actually <laughs> muted my mic at one point because uh, I made this uh, I made this delightful 
uh, Thai pork stir fry. Oh wow! And yeah, so uh, you know, it was uh, in fact I was kind of in the middle of that uh, when we started the show, and so I finished that, and I have had some. It was absolutely delicious, and so I was just having uh, a glass of water uh, while uh, you know we get to the anchor leg of this. Oh, something I want to throw in, and I was I was so sorry when we pivoted to Marvel from D.C. The one thing I wanted to just say from D.C., did you guys see that D.C., excuse me, they did some layoffs earlier this week. Yeah, it was three, all at the corporate 3% of, of their staff. Yeah, I was reading that. Yeah, there were like seven guys, and, you know, this is all with the eye towards being able to um, make the publishing of the comic books like the roots of DC. I, 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 again, I, we don't have to talk about it. I just forgot to mention it. I thought it was substantial and significant. And I said, oh, we need to at least mention it. So, uh, and, but then I missed when we pivoted and I'm like, oh, I got to remember, just throw something in about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good point. Yeah. They, they do. I mean, I guess if you're not going to, if you're not going to feel bad about layoffs, it's the top people that you can't really feel too bad about. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm re- Ooh, I feel real bad for the executives on this one. Um, no, I'm with you though, man. Um, I want to, because we we should probably, for the sake of being um, focused on our listeners, let's go ahead and let's stop this episode right here. We will do two parts though, because we'll come back and we're going to finish up the geek sheets, but that's our comic side of things here. We did DC, we did Marvel. I want you guys to stay tuned for part two of our uh, first installment of the 2019 Geek Sheets. Uh, We'll be back with Yuli, with Steve, with MC Brooks, and of course myself, Mike Lunsford. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Stay tuned for episode two. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more podcasts and our awesome articles. Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy.